Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Roman Zelichenko, an attorney and the founder of both GMI Rocket, a marketing firm for immigration lawyers, and Laborless, a cloud-based software platform for posting electronic labor condition applications and maintaining electronic public access files. Hi, Roman. How are you? Hey, Ari. Nice to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a privilege. So tell us about your background and the genesis of both GMI Rocket and Laborless. I worked as an immigration lawyer at a firm that handled high volume H-1B visas. There's a big compliance process that goes along with this visa. So that was part of my job when I was working as an attorney. It was quite paper heavy and administrative and manual process. And, you know, here I was working with tech companies and helping support them by helping them bring in foreign talent to build whatever really cool tech they're building. And I was thinking to myself, man, the work I'm doing could be automated. There's a lot of opportunity for technology within the immigration space. I want to deliver services to my clients the way that they do their work. I want to support tech companies in a tech forward way was kind of my thinking. And I had this idea, the seed of an idea for what would become laborless. About a year and a half after practicing, I left the practice. I was in DC. I moved back up to New York. And then I was interviewing for a couple of immigration law firms, as well as a tech company. The tech company gave me a job offer. And, you know, I had this idea for what I imagined laborless could be. I kind of put it in the back burner, but then this tech company gave me an offer and I was like, you know what? Screw it. You only live once. I'm going to go where the wind takes me. If these guys see value in me, then maybe this is where the universe is telling me I should go. Joined this tech company, worked there for about three years. And throughout my work there is when I really understood what it means to work at a large tech company. I was doing some consulting on the side to learn what it means to start a startup. So I put all those skills and sort of experience together in 2017, decided I knew enough to really go off on my own and really start Laborless. It's an immigration tech platform, again, that automates H-1B compliance totally bootstrapped with myself and the co-founder CTO. And to get to the genesis of GMI Rocket, started doing research about the market, created a tech company. I was like, I'm going to raise VC money and I need a pitch deck and all this kind of stuff. Throughout my research, I found that there was not a lot of information out there about immigration tech. Nobody's writing about it. There are platforms. There certainly were some players. There was some big news over the decade and a half or two decades leading up to when I was doing this. But no one's writing about it. It's such a niche market and industry. It's not very cool and sexy. It's not drones. It's not electric vehicles, et cetera. So I started to write articles and publish them on LinkedIn and start publishing more content about the industry, right? I was in it. I was talking about my company. I was talking about other companies and slowly but surely created a little bit more buzz where people were reading my articles and some started to reach out and say, hey, Roman, I really love your articles. I want my blogs to be better, or I want to start a blog for my immigration law firm or my immigration tech company. Do you know anyone who could do this for me? Of course, I was like, uh, I can, (laughs) you know, I was bootstrapping a company. I left my full-time job. Any kind of side income was really helpful. So that's how I started writing blogs for a couple of companies. And that turned into a whole second company. GMI Rock is a second one. It is basically a digital marketing agency for immigration lawyers and others in the immigration industry need help with LinkedIn and blog writing and short form content and and getting into YouTube and other things. Why do immigration lawyers need to market in a unique way? 
I think all lawyers need to market in a unique way. It's not even unique. It's just palatable. <laughs> I think a lot of lawyer marketing is stuck in older school thinking. It's like, hi, I'm so-and-so from this law firm. There's the funny kind of, have you been hurt in an accident? I mean, that's almost a trope now, right? But a lot of lawyers market themselves as buttoned up and highly intellectual and hard to touch and not very personable or approachable to the layperson. And I feel like that is a really big hindrance to particularly solos and small firms getting new clients. A lot of people in the internet age, they do a lot of Googling themselves before they talk to a lawyer or doctor or an accountant or anything like that. There's a lot of great free info out there. Lawyers tend to market themselves in this old traditional way where they don't share or give out information and they make it seem like as if there's a barrier between that prospective client and them. My philosophy is that as a legal practice, you should give out a lot of free information. I mean, I know if any lawyers listening to this might cringe, but the reality is that if you give out a lot of free information, that information is never going to be sufficient enough for any particular case. All it does is really inform a person enough to understand that they need your help. And then if you're the source of that information, they come to you, they feel like they know you because they're, they've read your blogs, they've watched your videos, they've followed you on social media or wherever. And it really creates a really nice influx of business. So I think that lawyers shift to marketing that way is new. It works in other industries. Maybe it's not unique in that sense, but I think the lawyers who do it stand out as being unique. Beyond giving away information, you mentioned several different platforms. What are the most effective techniques for immigration lawyers to employ to stand out? So many. I mean, I think some of the most effective would probably be to change the tone of voice of content. This is kind of my philosophy of helping lawyers and legal companies write blogs. I try to make it a cheap beach read, right? Like one of those books that you could just finish in an afternoon on the beach somewhere, but delivering legal information. I think a lot of lawyers, because we're taught this way. And in fact, if you're a litigator or you are an associate of firm and you write memos to your partners or in-house counsel at your clients, you tend to write in legalese. We're taught to write this way. We turn around and we utilize that same language to the general public. So, okay, look, if your clients are going to be in-house HR, fine, you can utilize that kind of language. They might read it. But the reality is that it's just easier to comprehend English. That's super simple, no legal text, no really long sentences with 17 commas and a lot of different clauses. Just keep it simple. That's the most effective technique is to communicate that way. Now you can communicate that way on video or via audio through a podcast or something else, or you can communicate that way via text. So let's say Twitter or LinkedIn or blogs. But I think that super simplified, almost dumbed down communication method is a really great way to market yourself and just get the attention of someone. And then of course, when they call you for a consult or something like that, that's when you bust out the big guns and say whatever you have to say to provide service. How did the pandemic change your approach and the approach of lawyers to marketing? Digital all the way, right? I mean, I know some people are still meeting in person and even did to some extent during the height of the pandemic, but ability to connect with prospective clients digitally has never been more important. You see a lot of lawyers saying, well, I didn't have much of an online presence on social media. I would go to meetups and I would go to industry conferences. I would go to bar association lunches, et cetera. Those are all gone. There's this need now to still stay relevant and have touch points with existing clients, get in front of other people who are prospective clients or could be. And the pandemic has really, really hastened 
the move towards lawyers having a digital presence. So for example, from my perspective, I support immigration law firms and other companies in the immigration space who really get good on LinkedIn. You'd be surprised. Everyone has a LinkedIn profile, but most people are like, yeah, I just use it to update my job or something or look for a new job. People don't realize it's a whole social media platform where people talk back and forth. They post, they comment, they join groups, they share videos, they go live. Now there's this shift to looking around the landscape and saying, all right, what exists now and how can I utilize it in a way to brand myself and market because I'm at home and so is everybody else. What was the process like of realizing that the work you were doing with H-1B visas was so paper intensive that there had to be a digital solution? And how did that inspire you to create Laborless? That was the work I was doing. Effectively, you have to post these notices and print them at the office of a company that's looking to hire an H-1B worker. You have to then put that paperwork into a folder, hold on to it for a certain period of time. It's this whole paper-based process that I was helping my clients do. And I knew that my clients were sort of at the receiving end of. So it was really easy. (laughs) I think the only thing I had to really overcome or come to was the conclusion that I have to be self-aware of what is my process like. For many months after I started Laborless and launched it, a lot of lawyers came to me across all different practices asking about automation. And I was like, just look at what you're doing today. Really step back like a management consultant, track every minute of your day write it down if you can, and then really think through what are some of these steps that I'm taking throughout the day that are manual? Do I have a literal Rolodex of cards? And when I meet someone, I come in, I write a note on the back of the business card. Is that the only way that I keep track of my connections? Is there a process where I'm marking down some kind of dates or other things in a spreadsheet that is super annoying and manual? And sometimes I delete cells. This is the best process I have. So look at things like that within your practice, do research to see if there's a tool out there that can automate that. But if not, that could be a great opportunity to build an automation workflow yourself. That's what I did with my process. I was doing something that was manual. I knew that conceptually there had to be a way to do it better. There wasn't anything out there on the market that was really tackling this. So same thing. I was like, well, I only live once. I could try this now. If I fail, I'll go back to being a lawyer. Thankfully that has not happened yet. Who is your target customer for GMI Rocket and for Laborless? For Laborless, it's certainly law firms that handle H-1B visas for their clients and also the employers themselves, right? A lot of companies have in-house immigration teams that sit either within legal or HR. They handle some of this work themselves. We support all of those folks who handle in some way the H-1B process. With GMI Rocket, it's really immigration law firms of any kind, and also other companies that support the immigration industry. So you have translation companies, you have business plan companies that create business plans for different investor visas. You have immigration tech companies that need to market to reach other immigration lawyers. So GMI Rocket really helps anyone in the immigration industry think through their marketing strategies. I suppose... The benefit of it is that because I'm in the immigration space, I was a lawyer. Right now I run an immigration tech company. I've sort of done all the marketing myself. You know, I have a podcast too. I talk to a lot of people in the industry. I'm very aware of what's happening in the space. So when I work with immigration clients, I can direct their marketing strategies in a really nuanced and informed way because I'm in the space. So both companies really target immigration lawyers, but separately they have their own offshoots of who we best support. Do you recommend aligning a technology company with a services arm to take advantage of some of that overlap from a business development standpoint? 
what's worked for me, but it grew organically. I started a tech company. I started doing the marketing myself because I'm an entrepreneur. I had the opportunity when people came to me and said, Hey, I like your marketing. Can you do the same for me? I could say yes. And I had the bandwidth. So it's just worked. It wasn't forced. I don't know if it would have worked out if I had forced it, but I suppose it is a strategy. If you're a legal tech entrepreneur, and maybe you focus on a particular type of legal process, maybe within a particular legal industry, and you've done all this great work to build your company, you can abstract some of that work you did, turn it into a service offering and roll that out to others in your same industry and say, look, I built a tech company within the family law space. You're a family lawyer. Here are all the things I've learned about branding myself in the space. You can do the same. There's that ancillary service. If it's a legal service, a lot of law firms now are investing in technology. Usually they're bigger, but sometimes not necessarily. So they become providers of both their traditional legal service and perhaps a tech solution. If you can do it successfully, then you become a multifaceted professional within that industry. If we take the family law perspective, let's say you have an app that does something within family law, and then you also continue to provide family law services as a lawyer, or you're not practicing as a lawyer anymore, but maybe you're providing marketing or some other services to other family law practitioners. You become just known in the space for multiple things. And I think the high level benefit there is you have potentially more opportunities to get on podcasts, get on panels, be more of an influencer. For entrepreneurs, that's never a bad thing. Worst case scenario, your tech company fails or it gets bought out. You still have this lingering influence in the industry through your services offering where you can continue to stay involved, continue to run a business, have a living. And then of course, maybe another idea will blossom out of that in the future. How do you see marketing changing in 2021? Marketing has changed dramatically in 2020. I'm seeing a continuation of that. Perhaps the change is going to be the laggards are going to finally wake up to the fact that they need to have a more robust LinkedIn presence. They should explore TikTok. They should learn about Clubhouse. They should start really reposting stuff on Instagram. There's always going to be your lawyers in any industry or in any niche within the space who are quick to jump on the new thing. Then of course, other people trail behind sometimes by years and decades. I just think that this time in 2021, the folks that typically take a lot of time to catch up are going to catch up really quickly. Digital conferences are going to be here to stay. And of course, that's a huge marketing opportunity, whether you're a vendor or just showing up and connecting, networking, et cetera. We all want to get back to being in person, but the reality is that if, as we get more comfortable with digital, maybe people are going to say, all right, I'm going to go to one or two in-person conferences a year, but then I'm going to go to 10 really good digital conferences because I can still network, it's cheaper, I don't have to fly anywhere, I can stay at home. Maybe we'll see some big shifts in the conference space. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Roman Zelichenko, an attorney and the founder of both GMI Rocket, a marketing firm for immigration lawyers, and Laborless, a cloud-based software platform for maintaining H-1B visa compliance. Roman, thanks so very much. Thank you so much, Ari, it was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.